Here we go. Welcome to Shisha Talks, episode number four, live from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Yep, you know how it is. Today we're here with one and only Genie in the Box, number two, AJ Cobra. <laughs> and we have our guest, Marco. Yep. What's your last name, Marco? Come on, AJ. You don't know my last name? Rubio, the <laughs> senator. <laughs> The Latino uh, vote. This is the real Marco Rubio. Whoever's in Congress in the States, he's a fake. Nah, nah, nah. It's Marco Kazad. <laughs> Marco Kazad? I know, right? What? Sounds Arabic. What? Kazad? Surprise? I'm, so, you're originally from the Congo, yes? Kazad's a common name there? Yeah. I said it's not really. I think the common name is gonna be Kazadi. Kazadi. What does that yeah. mean? Honestly, I don't know, but like I know what mines mines means. Kazadi just means balance. Balance. Yeah. Marco balance. Basically. But what does Marco mean other than like Marco Polo? Well, you know that's a good question. <laughs> that's not my church. I don't think Marco's a, a Congolese <laughs> name, you know. No, actually, it's not. I mean, Kazadi is basically it's gonna be more Congolese. Yeah. Yeah, but Marco, it's not. Well, we'll get to know your personality and then we can say like Marco means, you know, well, this, 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 and that's how we're doing it. Well, what are we smoking today before we start talking? What you got in the head? All right, so what I got, it's, um, what was it again? Cream yeah. mint? Cream mint. Cream mint. That's what I'm smoking. So what about you? What you I got, in? we got a mix, I think. So we got it from our friend uh, Rico Gabon, aka on IG Fifty Shades of Black. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna call it Citrus Mamba. Uh, but um, there's we have citrus mint, lemon mint, blueberry mint, and kiwi. Kiwi, not kiwi. That's so brown of me. Sometimes like the W turns into a V. Yeah, no, right? I, you know when I was in the US, uh, yeah. I made a friend. He actually told me about the W turning into the V, and I thought he was joking. But I told me well, literally when he moved, he first moved to the US, instead of saying vacuum, he would say vacuum. So the W becomes the V and the V becomes the W. Right? Yeah, and I was like, I was just making fun of him. I didn't believe him until I actually ran into someone who was actually saying literally and every time there's serious. a W, he would say V. Then I was like, oh, wait, that guy was actually serious. He wasn't lying to you. Yeah, because I remember like growing up and saying volleyball or like volleyball. <laughs> and that is like totally throw me off yeah. but that's sick thanks for doing this with me all right you know I'm glad to be here yeah I know like the other episodes you guys watch with Mo Shisha and he's all the way in Calgary so it's always like we're, we're always apart but it's always good to you know see different perspective talk about different things so we have like a few things we wanted to chat about today what, what, what's the first thing we want to talk about I think it was like moving to different places right yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, you know what? Let's talk about that. Because I'm kind of new to Canada, actually. So I've only been here for about a year now. Yeah, that's crazy. Actually, because like, when we met, <laughs> you were what, like three months? I know, and I was like brand new. I didn't know what Canada was all about. I remember like the cold here in Montreal. You know, I remember when I first moved here, I was like, I was shocked because it was winter time. And when I first got here, I was like, People they're not really social. It's like everybody was rushing to go to work. It was yeah. really too cold outside, and I was like, "Yeah, I really have the picture of Montreal." And I was like, "No, it's not what I expected." Yeah. But what then, did you expect? That was uh, when you hear about Montreal. 
from places, different places. People talk about the culture, you know, like music culture, and then now the city is so beautiful and hot and everything. I didn't really get a chance to see that until yeah. when summer starts. Yeah. You know, when it was summer, that's when I was like, yeah, then I start feeling the real Montreal. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you get to meet a lot more people. There's so many activity outside, and it's basically everybody's talking to everybody, and then it's like socialized. And I was like, yeah, you know, there's actually more to this city than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys yeah. hear like big machines in the background, that's all the snow clearing, guys. It's like 30 centimeters of snow outside. Oh, yeah. So much fun to walk. Actually, that's true. But it's like, it's one thing with outside of Canada, you kind of like both. The good weather yeah. and also the colds. Like, it gets super cold up in here. Fuck this place when it comes <laughs> to the cold, man. Like, you've seen my yeah. outfits these days. So, I have like this neck warmer that I wear and then two toques. And I also have this like face shield that makes me look like I'm a character from Halo. Cause like now, like I, I've been in Canada for, I don't know, like 16, 17 years. Boy, and I'm so time. tired of the fucking winter, you know? <laughs> that I don't care anymore. I don't care who I look. I don't care if I look like a freaking anime character if I'm walking down the street because I just do not care about the cold. Yeah. And you know, you know what's funny? Because a lot of people usually ask me like, if I like winter. And my answer is always the same. Like I told them, I like the cold. And then every time it starts snowing, people are like, hey, you like it when it's snowing? I was like, no, you guys don't get me. I like the cold, but it's not the same thing with snow. Like when there is way too much snow, Nobody wanna go outside. Yeah. Just wanna be in. It's not it's kinda beautiful when you're watching it. Like you're sitting inside, it's warm. Yeah. And you're looking outside, it's all white, it's snowing, it's beautiful. Yeah. But when you're actually outside walking on it, you're like, ah yeah. fuck this thing. It's like shoot. Yeah, I remember when I first came to Canada, I came from India to Toronto, and my first day here was like negative forty. Yo. And my body had such a shock, right? But it took like a good few minutes for my body to be like, it is freezing. Because, you know, you go from like 36 degrees all your life, 95% humidity, to minus 40. Yeah, actually, that's true. Like, like, uh, actually, I remember too, like, before I came here, I was, I was in the U.S. And Where? I remember, like, when I first... Where were you in the U.S.? I was in, uh, I was in Utah. Okay, Salt Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake City. Is it, does it even get cold there? You actually get cold, it's actually, you have snow, it's like a lot of snow. Okay. But it's because it's close to the mountain, so that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But also, when I remember when I first got to Salt Lake City, I was coming straight from my country, uh, the Congo. Okay. And in my country was summertime. Okay. So when I get to Salt Lake, I think it was like negative 10 or something. Celsius? Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, Fahrenheit? No, Celsius actually. Okay. Yeah. Is but, that worse? Is Fahrenheit worse in negative 10 than Celsius? I never be, remember the math. Actually, to be honest, me too. It's like, I don't know. When I'm actually in the place, like, let's say if I go to the US for an hour in Fahrenheit, it's yeah. like my brain can literally switch. And I'll Celsius be like, when I see the temperature, I'll be like, I will know exactly how cold it is. But if you ask me to actually tell you how cold it is in Celsius, I'll be looking at you like... The US is the only place that uses that measurement system. I don't fucking get it. Nobody else uses Fahrenheit. Well, you know... At some point, but the US likes to do their own shit. So that's the thing. That's why I like them. Like that's why I like the US. It's like it's so different. It's like everything is like kind of like when you first move there, it's like you really gonna have to take your time to actually get adjusted to the place. Yeah, yeah. But I actually like it. So like, what what are some differences you notice between here and the states? 
So, you know, there's that big assumption. I remember when I was moving to Montreal, a lot of people were just telling me that, you know, Canada and the US is basically the same thing. You like, you kind of get the same cultures and people. And I kind of had that mindset, you know, when I was like, when I was coming here, I yeah. was in the same belief. I was like, you know what? It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Until I actually get to Canada. And I was like, I was kind of shocked. It's like infrastructure is like, everything is so different. You know, like apartment wise and like, he's like, it's kind of like, I don't know why people have that belief. Mm. It's kind of like when you look at it in a big picture, mm. it kind of look the same, but when you actually get it time to start moving around, mm. then you see how really different it is. Mm. Yeah, because I remember when, like, when I first, you know, like, I was waiting for a bus one day. Okay. And then there was that guy, I don't know where I was with a friend, we were talking, and then that guy, I don't know where, was sitting right next to us. He jumped into the conversation, you know, which is something pretty random that happened in the US. But I was kind of surprised, and I was just talking, and the guy said something that was kind of like, it was kind of funny. He actually said something, was like, yeah, isn't it crazy? Like, when you uh, come over to Canada here, everybody, they like nice, you know, it's like everybody really want to help you, but in the US, it's kind of the same. Like, fuck you. Yeah, it's kind of like, shit. Yeah, it's kind of like, face, yeah, it's just do, do your own shit. It's like, everybody is like, yo, I don't want you in my space. Like, <laughs> my space, so, my bubble. How big is the American bubble compared to the Canadian bubble? Actually, honestly, I say. 10 meters? <laughs> That's nah, pretty far. No, nah, actually, yeah. That's like two but, NBA players. <laughs> but honestly, I'll say. I can't, one NBA player. I can't really tell, but it's. Because when you think about it, it really comes like it comes down to a person. Yeah. There's some people that really don't have the concept of personal space. Yeah. And no matter how good you try to actually kind of let them know that it's like yo, you're getting into my bubble. You know, let's say you're having a conversation with someone. Yeah. And every time that person get close to you, you like move back. So it's kind of like a signal you're giving him. was like, hey, you in my bubble. Oh, so you can actually see people like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you actually, you see that a lot. It's like you're talking to someone and if you don't have that concept of personal space, it's like the more you move closer to them, the more they will, like, the more they will be moving away from you. Really? And people that doesn't get the idea, they keep on going. <laughs> that would be so weird the, to Yeah, watch. to the point where the person <laughs> will be like, hey, you know, it's like, give me some space. You can literally keep walking towards the person and you see the other person back up. Exactly. And not say like, shit. Yeah, and I was like, what? I feel like you would like prank somebody into like, I don't know, walking on shit or like falling off a train stop. <laughs> you just like keep walking towards them. Yeah. But, like a lot of power to me. Yeah, it's actually like you're saying, but moving to different places, it's actually kind of like, I'll say it really that it did open my mind. Okay. Like, seriously, like, traveling from one place to another, it really gets to open your mind. It's like, you know, that kind of like concept that you have for one place, like all those beliefs. When you move from one place to another, it really pushes you to get out of your comfort zone is that mm -hmm. you get into a place mm -hmm. that kind of like what used to be wrong to you it's right to them so it's kind of like you'll right, be like right. what's going on yeah you know it's like the type of food that you basically look at in your country you'll be like no people don't eat that and then you go somewhere people do eat that and then you're like what exactly yeah. like chinese dogs that's not been in china though yeah. But I don't think I'm going to eat a dog anytime soon. Well, you know... Do you think hot dogs were originally dogs? Nah, I don't, I don't think they are. I think it's just the name. But that, how does that even make any sense? Like, where do you think the name dog came from in there? Well, like, is it just a dick reference? 
Like, is there yeah. anything more to it than that? You know, you actually, to be honest, I don't know. You could actually, be. okay. Quick tangent, but when you look at a hot dog, and if we're thinking of it as a penis, then is it a circumcised dick or not? Uh, the way I'm going, it's not. It's not. Like, cooked or uncooked, though? <laughs> Does it really make a difference? I think it does. Because I'm not trying to eat kosher if I don't have to. <laughs> Gotta go halal, uh, no? Because <laughs> there's such a difference. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny talking about food. It's like, that guy, that one guy that I work with, one day we were just talking about different food. And then that guy came out of nowhere. He's like, hey, if you ever trust to eat balls, I'm like, balls? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, goat balls or that. <laughs> And you thought he was actually talking about legit balls. I was not talking about legit balls, you know. And I was like, how can you eat that? I was like, yeah, it's really good. You should try it. I'm like, yo, there is no way I'm eating some animal's balls. Yeah. And I was like, no, just try it. So I was like, at the same time, that's that's like I was telling you. It's like, you have that belief that you can really eat that kind of food. And then I don't know where you meet that one guy. He's like, yeah, actually, we do that all the time. And then it's just like, So it's kind of like, moving to new places, you really have to have an open mind because, yeah like one yeah. time I saw like um, like Filipino people apparently they have this delicacy in the Philippines it's an egg and you crack the egg open and the chick is like I don't know like 70% of the way through like even there's feathers and shit and they still eat that and I'm like I could not fucking touch that but they love that shit exactly you know? right so it's kind of like it really kind of push you to actually have a different perspective and actually I say you really have to have an open-minded. This is how I feel about foie gras. Because <laughs> what is foie gras actually? Well, that's a good question. Don't, okay, okay. I'm going to tell you what I think foie gras is and then correct me if I'm wrong. Okay? okay. They take some kind of feed. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's meat. I don't know if it's shit. I don't know if it's vegetables. And then they get a goose or a duck to eat it. And then like, because like it digests it in its throat or something. And then that digested mush, they pull it out. And that's what you eat. Yeah, actually, pretty much. No, it's... <laughs> what do you mean? You can't say that so casually. No, <laughs> actually, pretty much. I was, I was literally watching a video of that guy. Then what they do is that they take that tube or something and they stick it in the goose yeah. mouth and then just pump the goose with that food. And then literally, when the goose get full and they kill it and then just the, the thing and they actually cook it and serve How it. How did result. anybody come up with that? You know what I want to eat? That stuff that duck is already eating. Fuck this duck. I'm going to take his food <laughs> back and I'm going to eat it. I don't care how it tastes. Wow. And then it tasted good. Where were we? Yes, we were just talking about foie gras. Yeah, we Talking about the goose? Yeah. So do you like foie gras? Honestly, no. I kind of do like foie gras. No. You don't like foie gras? You know, I've never really had the courage to Fuaca. try it. You, <laughs> so how do you not like it? No, I cannot tell if I like it or if I don't like it. Because I've never really got the balls to try it. So I'm like, every time I think about it, I'm like, But you have the balls to try balls. Well, no, I haven't tried balls yet. So okay. I don't know. But you tried a hot dog. Okay, so at least, you know, one out of three. (laughs) (laughs) One out of three is good. So we can move forward from there. Okay, so originally you moved from the Congo. You moved straight to the States from the Congo? No. So basically this is what happened. When I was in the Congo. So growing up, I think 
when I turn the age of uh, 15 or 16, then I started traveling. You know, I went to South Africa. So then, oh, were you on a cricket scholarship? No, I was basically, <laughs> no, I was basically like every time I had a vacation because I went to a boarding school. Okay. Yeah, so every time I get a vacation for like two or three months, I'm just going to a, a country and visit. And then I think uh, before I went to the US, I was in South Africa. I lived there for, how long was it? I think about six or seven months. Okay. Yeah. But that was like the fourth time going there. Does, does it feel like enough? Do you feel like you can say like, you've lived in South Africa if you've lived for six months, or do you still feel like a tourist? No, I feel like I've lived there because I used to go there back and forth. So I go there, I spend like three months and then come back and then I go there another three months and then come back. Mm. So I feel like at that point, I have to take my overhaul time in the country. I said I've lived there like close to two years. Mm. Yeah, so okay. a year or two. So it's actually, I spent quite enough time over there. So, but still, I feel like at this point, if I have to go back there, I kind of feel like a tourist too. Because it's been so long. Yeah, the thing, place has changed. Actually, that's one thing I've noticed. Like, I remember when I moved here from India first, and then when I went back a couple years later, or like off and on again, something happens. Like, you realize that, you know, like when you were there, yeah. like time is moving with you. But when you leave, you're kind of like stuck in that time when you left it. Exactly. But like the rest of the place, everyone else who lives there is moving on. They're living their lives. You yeah. Know? It's and only like you, what's in your head. And then whenever you get back, it's like everything is so different. And yeah. then you're like, what? what happened when I was gone, you know? The bitches are different. I'm telling you. The dudes are different. You're telling me. No, please tell me. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's actually crazy. You know what? Since we're smoking shisha, what got you into smoking shisha? What made you start smoking shisha? Okay, so in some ways you could say it's part of my heritage because it turns out, even though you know Arabs smoke shisha like way more, but shisha is originally from India. No way. Yeah, because shisha actually means glass. So hmm. we're actually talking about the shisha, the glass. This talking about glass, yeah. Flexi glass. Actually. That's actually a cool design. Yeah, I love it because like you know there's. The box is pretty stable, and um, what do you call it? You don't really need like an extra stem, you know, like okay. a metal rod. It's kind of just inbuilt, so you can kind of like see the water move and everything. Like, yeah. how have you liked smoking this? Actually, even the smoke, uh, I, I try it, and it's really smooth. But compared to the one I'm smoking right now, I said that one is really smooth. Even when you smoke the shisha, I think like it's really it's an interesting design. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. And you know, I, I really like it. But so far, I'm impressed. I'm glad, man. It's been a baby in the works. But coming back to your question. So, basically, I was at a friend's party once. I must have been like 15 or something. Yeah. And she was Syrian. They had shisha at home. And she was like, I'm going to make you guys shisha. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. I've never tried this. And she was making it. And I guess she was making a bat or something because her mom watched. And her mom was so disappointed by the way her daughter was making it. Right. It was pretty crazy, right? Because, like, it's smoking. Right? Technically we're smoking guys, right? The smoke is smoke, you know? Yeah. And so she was disappointed in her daughter by not being able to make this can cancer concoction. Yeah, she was like, yeah. what are you doing, daughter? Let me, That's let me. That's not the way. This is part of our heritage. <laughs> Gotta get a shit down. So the mom yeah. made my first shisha. It was a rose flavored shisha. I liked it, but back then, you know, like some people don't really like rose and whatever, but I was not picky and choosy. 
back at the time, I was like, shit, smoking some sheesh, that's pretty dope. So I got into like that. And then honestly, it's like pretty social thing for me. Cause like, I don't really care about going to bars that much. Cause I like being social and talking to people and talking to new people. And often in bars, I feel like, cause bars have been around like so long. I feel like there's a certain dynamic. Like, you know, like if you're talking to other people at the bar, especially I feel like in North America, if you talk to a girl or something, there's almost like, oh, there's a guy coming hit on me, you know? Exactly. So there's a little bit of, you know, like a Yo, block. Isn't it? No, actually, isn't kind of funny when you think about it between bars and club. What, which one do you think it's kind of easy for you? Like, is it easy for you to go to, the, to approach a girl in the club or at the bar? Um, I think the club is easier because people are moving around. Because in a bar, when you're approaching, there's, there's something to like, you know, the act of approaching, which yeah. gives the other person power, right? Like if one person is sitting down and somebody approaches you <coughs> and they want to hit on you or something, you've automatically showed a lot of interest. You know? Yeah, true. So because of that, if if you're not like really smooth or grab the person's attention really quick or if they're not a social person themselves very easily, then it can be a little bit like there's more work for you to do. While yeah. if you're in a club and people are hanging around, they can maybe see you having fun, right? And they might be walking across and you're walking across. So it can come across more natural. It feels like you're walking in a crowd a little more. So it can feel a little more spontaneous, especially if you're dancing and stuff. And let's say you're a good dancer and you're having fun and you're giving out good vibes. I think people can pick up on that and that they can automatically make themselves feel more comfortable being around you, even if you've not spoken to them, you know? Okay. Yeah, that, you know, for me, like, I kind of feel, for me, it's kind of the opposite. Like, to me, like, for me, I'll say the way I look at clubs. Yeah. It's like, every time I cross someone in the club, it's like, they, it's like, there is that message, it's like that, and spoken language that we all know it's like in the club it's kind of like it's like we already have the building idea that i'm gonna hit on you or we go yeah. home or something it's kind of like you it's like you go like for me in the club it's like you when you approach a girl it's like there was an end game so basically right. like uh, trying to go to an after party you know or trying to have like a one night stand or something like yeah, that yeah but at the bars i feel like it's way easier for me to approach a girl at the bar because every time I do that in the bar, I don't really have like a... Mindset that something yeah. needs to happen. So it's basically, it's mm. kind of like I'm bored and mm. I just want to talk to someone. Mm. And then once I get someone, I launch, like I push myself and start talking to someone, I get into yeah. that conversation. Yeah. It's kind of like, you don't really know where it's going. So that's what I really like, I like with bars. It's like you can start talking to someone and you don't, you don't, like you have zero expectation. It's like... Whatever happened, happened. Okay. But in the club, it's kind of like, even the girl is like, she's expecting you to do or to mm. say something. Mm. And if mm. you don't get it right. Yeah. Then you it's fucked like, up. It's a jungle. Exactly. Then you have you to do the, the jungle next dance. One. Yeah. You got to know your dance. It always reminds me of going to the club reminds me of like watching like National Geographic and being like, <laughs> today we see the praying mantis in its natural habitat. And it's that time of the season where, you know, these two mantis are going to fuck. And the, the male mantis comes up with the girl mantis. And if he doesn't get his dance right, with mantis is crazy. Because they have like, basically like swords for hands. And the girl mantis, if you don't do the dance right, they'll chop your head off, dude. And like they'll legit, you. no, they'll legit chop your head off. Dang. And you're dead. So you, it's either fuck or you're fucked. 
you know? Right, like, bro. those are the only two yeah. choices. That's a lot of pressure. Yo, That's the club. No, 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 no. if was like that for you, man. Like, you're going to talk to a girl. Like, last day. This might be the last day of my life. No, actually, that would be crazy. But, so, when I compare, let's say, like, bars or clubs to shisha places, I feel shisha places are way more comfortable, actually, to socialize. Because, yeah. A, I think, like, it's not very noisy. Yeah, so, it's true. easier to, you know, just have a conversation. Like, start a conversation. And make it feel like honestly, like most shisha places feel like I'm in a coffee shop. Yeah, but you know, like that's the thing, guys. That's the thing I'm trying to understand. Like to me, shisha places, I feel like it's really kind of hard for me to approach people because you know everybody's mm-hmm. sitting there, everybody's like kind of like in the bubbles. Yeah. And then for you to actually approach someone to a table and then sit with them and start talking, it's like you really have to take a lot of efforts and you actually have like a think about something interesting to say. Yeah. Like a way to give up the conversation because yeah. you can just walk to with like to a table and then sit down and basically say like two or three sentences and we're done can be but i feel like in a shisha place because let's say it's bright right so everyone can see everything and i found more often than not people don't want to make things awkward for themselves right so even if you approach them and it's a little bit awkward maybe you're saying weird shit nobody's gonna like try to make a scene you know they might try to like brush you off casually but in a bar, I feel like people can be, bar or club, people can be more aggressive. Because it's very dark, it's very noisy. You say something, somebody can push you, a bouncer will come pick you up and throw your ass out. Yeah, right? that's true. But like, you know, we go to this place called Shahrazad, and we see people get kicked out of there <laughs> all the fucking time. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, though. Yeah. But like, you know, for me, like, I'm But like, we met at a shisha place. I know that. Many of the other friends we've made, we met at shisha places. Yeah, which was crazy, actually. Yeah. You know, the only reason that actually you and I were actually friends is because you, your music was actually good. Oh, thanks. Because I was listening to my own music and when you start playing music, I was like, you better be good because if you're not <laughs> walking out of this place right now. He wasted my $20. Yeah, but it was actually, it turned out it was really good. I'm glad. Because you remember that we started singing along and everything. Yeah. It was really fun. It was a fun night. That's crazy. Yeah. And actually, that's the other thing I find in shisha places because they're more like coffee shops. That people go to their favorite coffee shop or shisha place often, right? So it's very possible, like, if you also frequent the same place, that you might run into the same people. And so maybe the first time you didn't get to talk to them, but maybe you just made eye contact or something, and you smile or something, or maybe you were in, when you were paying, you were in the line together, and you maybe had a quick chat. And it's very likely you might run into the same person again, and then it's more easy to talk to them. You know, it's like building rapport even without knowing somebody. I feel that's what's possible in shisha places. Like, even if I didn't talk to you that day, I'm sure I, like, and this is this has happened. Like, we've actually, in the beginning, when we be- started becoming friends, we didn't have each other's contact or anything. Yeah, that's And we would just true. end up at the same shisha place at the same time. We're like, <laughs> oh shit, dude, we had a good time last time. Yeah. And remember, like, I think, like, one of the second times we met and we were vibing each other more and then a bunch of girls sat down next to us. One of those girls that looked like Aya Nakamura, oh, the artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was easy to talk to them because they saw yeah. us having fun and they were next to us. And then, exactly. Oh. And you know, it's actually something that I don't get these days, basically. It took me a while to actually learn that, to just be comfortable going out by myself or actually with guys and just have fun. For a lot of guys, you know, it's like every time we go out, there's actually, I don't know where that mindset came from. But it's like everybody keeps thinking that in order to have fun, you must have like girls around and stuff like this. 
you can just focus. You're like, we out. We came out to have fun. Just yeah. focus on being here. Like being you. Great things. Just be you. be you. Live your life. Yeah. Smoke a sheesh. Pick your first favorite. So what's one of like the cool things you've learned about me or like through getting to know me and I can share something about you? Well, I said like one thing, one of the cool things I get to know about you, I feel like what I remember is like the first thing that hit me was like the things because we're playing music the first time I met you and there's like that artistic side of you. Yeah. That's where you get I picked my interest. I was like, yeah, it's really cool. And then when we start talking, you start telling me the different instruments you can play. Then I was like, this is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that day uh check your Instagram as well. But it was actually kinda of interesting. And then over time when we start getting to know each other, it's like yeah. it's like Found out that we're having the same interest, like you sell stuff online, I sell stuff online. So we was like, we started getting to know each other. Then we were like, yeah, you know what? You can basically do this. So I feel like I learned so much from you. And one thing that I like is like every time we hang out, I learn something new. And you basically every time I will be postponing something or be like insecure about something, you will literally push me to do that thing. I was like, we talk sounds like, yeah, I want to do this, and you're like. Then I would be the easy time to like just do it now. So just push me, and then once I'm done, I've done it, and I'm like, dang, this was kinda easy. So I think that's the thing that I like about you. Nice. The fact actually you really push me to get things done, though. Love you long time. (laughs) My turn. Uh, One of the things I've noticed about you is you can make anything fun. Like you can literally talk about the most random, mundane shit. Like, I was walking and I saw a fire hydrant and you would make it like the most epic, fun, <laughs> interesting story and everyone will be super engaged. Like, I remember this one time, I think we were at this cocktail bar yeah. and then there was a group of people who I guess they were having a birthday party and we just started talking to them and oh, yeah. we literally like took over that girl's birthday party oh, and she must have been with like 10 friends and I they were know. all talking to us. I remember that day. I was yeah. like, I can't say the argument with that guy was like, whatever. It was like iPhone and Android. <laughs> yeah. iPhone? Yeah, iPhone Android argument. That thing was actually kind of intense. Because at some point, yeah. the guy even get mad at me because he was like throwing, keep on throwing stuff. It was like, yeah. Android is so better. And then just take whatever he said, spin it around, joke around. And it was like, at the end, he just get mad at me. When we were leaving, he was like, you know what? I'm going to get an iPhone just to prove you that you're, you're wrong. wrong. And I'm like, we're yeah, like, cool, we'll hang out yeah, next time. And that girl, okay. that birthday girl fell asleep because we took over her friends <laughs> that bad. It was kind of crazy. But that's one of the things I like about you. And then coming back to the things like, you know, when I get to share things with you. One, I think like you're a very open-minded person. You're open to trying and experimenting different things to see how it can affect your own growth. So you're happy to experiment, not just like absorb it just because somebody said something. Because like it also like challenges the way I communicate and my ideas, right? And I always like that feedback. But also like more on that, like I really like that um, like when... When I am able to share the something that you find of value and you were stuck on a problem, then you go ahead and do it, you know? And you're yeah. like, boom, I got it, you know? Like, you won't, like, hesitate to actually do it when you have the answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oftentimes, people are like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll delay it, you know? But, like, you'll do it. And then maybe you'll encounter a next roadblock, but then you'll communicate back with me, like, oh, I had this problem. And so we're able to go back and forth. Yeah, actually, thanks, that. It's actually nice to know that but actually right it's about like talking about making them like fun topics yeah actually it's something that i really do it's like randomly i even talk to people at work and 
I can literally pick whatever like subjects, like whatever just pop in my mind and just start talking about it and yeah. actually see people actually look at me. And like, you know what, what really amazes me some most of the time is like I joke around a lot. So yeah. Like I make jokes a lot. So sometimes I'll be like just joking on something and people will take me so serious. Yeah. Like, and they'll be looking at me like, what, what? is he talking about? What? Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm joking. Relax. And then they'll be like, well, yeah, we knew you were joking. Like, I was course, like, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the selling is one thing we've been doing together. Yeah. So I think we can talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you like about selling? I personally like that when you're trying to sell your own shit, um, it doesn't matter, like maybe you're trying to flip something or maybe it's a service or something, that since it's your own, it try it kind of pushes you to think of like all aspects of business, you know? Like, how would I sell? How would I talk to this kind of customer? How would I price it? How would I take the photo? All these things come together. And like many things I feel like you don't even think are problems or would show up as questions un- un- until you start, you know? So yeah. I really like that because then like you end up developing so many skills at like the same time. That's how I feel like with the Shisha thing, right? Like Shisha I got into with Mo, Genie number one. And that that's his like his life. Like he knows way more about Shisha than me. But I'm able to like offer many other different perspectives. And then when it comes together, I'm like, oh, I never thought about it like this. So like, like I could even like sell something like this. Yeah. Know. You know, like, for me selling, I think that one thing that I like with selling is it really pushes me to get out of my comfort zone. It's like you can have something that you're trying to sell. It's something that I've learned with selling. Just sell something that you like. You know, something that really passionate about. Just when you sell it, just love what you sell it. Know your product, because if you don't, you know you'll be you're gonna feel like you're selling something to someone, and then you're not even confident. But that's something I've learned and I like. It's basically before I start selling something, I use it first. If I like it, yeah. then I can sell it. Yeah. If I don't like it, I don't feel it. I'm not gonna sell it because I know it's just not gonna work. Because to me, selling it's basically. It's one thing that I like to approach people that I don't know. Yeah. And if I actually try to use something I didn't like it, it's going to be hard for me to sell it to someone. Right. Because yeah, actually, that's a good yeah. way to think about it, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like why I love selling things. It's basically gave me to try different things and actually find out what I like and what I don't like. So it basically kind of pushed me to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that always surprises me is like, you, you'll look at a certain product, maybe you'll see an ad, maybe you'll buy it, maybe you'll try it yourself, and then you try to sell it. And you'll be surprised, like, the kind of things people like. You'll think, like, it's, like, the most stupidest thing. Who the fuck wants to buy this? Yeah. And some of you like, I love this shit. I want all of, all of the pieces that you have. I'm like, what? You want this? Like, you know that Bluetooth thing that I sell? Exactly. Like, that, that to me, like, to be honest, in one, he- one side of my head, it's, like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking seen. And the other side, I'm like, everybody wants this. I'm like, okay. And I remember one time, like, I just went with it. I'm like, you know what? I don't get to decide what people like. And I learned that from, um, I was watching Dragon's Den one day, you know, the, the finance, yeah. like the, the startup show. And you know, Kevin O'Leary, the guy who always like, you know, talks shit to everyone who comes down. And there was this couple who came and they wanted to sell like children's clothing. And all of it looked like prison wear, like, you know, the black and white <laughs> stripes and shit. And so they, the, the, the dragons weren't like really into the, the product. And they asked them like, okay, like, how did you guys get big? Cause they, they were successful with other products. And they said like, oh, we have this product called the PPTP, which is literally, I cannot believe I haven't come up with this, but they literally took a, fa- imagine taking anything in your house. 
Cut into a circle, any fabric, your towel, your pants, whatever. Cut it into a small circle, shape it into a cone, and you put it in a babe on a baby boy's penis when you're changing his diaper, because baby boys have a tendency to pee a lot, and it'll absorb all the pee, right? <laughs> and so they were selling these things called pee pee teepees in like packs of ten or something. Right. And so the dragons asked them like they were all laughing, and then they asked them like, okay, how much did you sell? They're like, we sold a million dollars worth of this shit. <laughs> And Kevin O'Leary was like, what the fuck? You need to stop selling this prison co- clothing and suck this PPTP till it's dry. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Like, people buy yeah. whatever the fuck you want. That's you don't true. get to decide. There's a billion people. Yeah, that's true, but... You know... But it's actually kind of... It's kind of fun, like, learning so far. But so far, you know, like... I feel like we should do this again. I would love uh, to do this again. Yeah. This would be super fun. So yeah. thanks for doing this with me. All right, man. And I like smoking and doing this. It's super chill. Yeah. Uh, again, you guys can watch this episode on all the podcast platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, just like the podcast app. Shopify. Google Podcasts. There's a whole bunch of them. You can send you a list on Shisha Talks. That's S-H-E-E-T. Oh, S-H-E-E-S-H-A-A Talks. Uh, and yeah, like if you want to check out our IG, that's Shisha Box. S-H-E-E-S-H-A-A Box. And yeah, thanks yeah. for tuning in. Check it out. Peace. All right.